Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. If we're honest, we probably like the idea of our church growing, but we often don't think about how that growth creates new challenges. It's not if, it's when. The reality is that what gets you from point A to point B operationally is rarely what gets you from point B to point C. And ironically, the very earliest church had real people dealing with real junk also. And if there's a lesson to be learned today, it's one that we should pay attention to. Gospel-centered church growth pursues unity and diversity, not division. And I know you know what I'm talking about, because we have all been there, right? We got churches full of broken people. And welcome to episode 2090 and today's bit of our journey together through the Bible, reading through every single word and considering our own stories in light of the big story. Of course, church growth brings blessing, but it brings problems and it brings opportunities. But I want you to listen to this very first verse. What's the good news? The church is growing. What's the bad news? Well, the people are complaining. (laughs) Sound familiar? Acts chapter 6. In those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. The twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, It would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole company. So they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Taman, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a convert from Antioch. They had them stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And so the word of God spread. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. And my friends, that is a really brief New Testament segment today. (laughs) Scant seven verses. So the solution... Here. And the reason we're doing that is because we've got a, a long, the longest chapter in Genesis coming up, so we've got to, had to make room for that. But the solution to the problem facing this church wasn't to divide and have separate churches, right? One for the Grecians and one for the Hebraists. Rather, they sought to ensure that the Grecians were cared for. And if you look at the names, they chose Greek people to lead the Greek people because they probably had a relationship. Could go deeper there, but we're just going to leave you with this. Gospel-centered church growth pursues unity and diversity, not division. We'll turn into our Old Testament segment. Yesterday we heard of family joys and sorrows, and not insignificantly, one of the most epic tests a human has dealt with. Abraham and Sarah were old and barren, but God had promised them progeny, and specifically to Abraham. And when God's divine intervention gave him a son, God then tested him, by asking him to sacrifice his son, right, his only son, which in a human sense would have meant no heir. And that was a really big deal. Now Abraham loved his son, but he loved God more. And God 
spared Isaac by prophetically <laughs> providing a lamb, right? And for a foreshadowing of him, God, providing a spotless lamb, his own son, his one and only son, of course, to spare you and me from spiritual death. Now, a little family transition is what we're up to uh, with a whole lot more weird in the middle. Genesis uh, 23 and 24, and we're actually picking up right at the end of 22 at verse 20. Now, after these things, Abraham was told, Milcah has borne sons to your brother Nahor. Uz, his firstborn, his brother Booz, Kemuel, the father of Aram, Hased, Hazo, Fildash, Jidla, and Bethuel. And Bethuel fathered Rebekah. Milcah bore these eight to Nahor, Abraham's brother. His concubine, whose name was Reomah, also bore Teba, Gaham, Tahash, and Maacah. Now Sarah lived 127 years. These were all the years of her life. Sarah died in Kiriath Arba, that is, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. When Abraham got up from beside his dead wife, he spoke to the Hittites, saying, I am an alien residing among you. Give me burial property among you so that I can bury my dead. The Hittites replied to Abraham, Listen to us, my lord. You are a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in our finest burial place. None of us will withhold from you his burial place for burying your dead. And then Abraham rose and bowed down to the Hittites, the people of the land. And he said to them, If you are willing for me to bury my dead, listen to me and ask Ephron, son of Zohar, on my behalf, to give me the cave of Machpelah that belongs to him. It is at the end of his field. Let him give it to me in your presence with for the full price as burial property. Ephron was sitting among the Hittites, so in the hearing of all the Hittites who came to the gate of his city, Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham, No, my lord, listen to me. I will give you the field. I give you the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the sight of my people. Bury your dead. Abraham bowed down to the people of the land and said to Ephron, In the hearing of the people of the land, Listen to me, if you please. Let me pay the price of the field. Accept it from me and let me bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham and said to him, My lord, listen to me. Land worth four hundred shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham agreed with Ephron, and Abraham weighed out to Ephron the silver that he had agreed to in the hearing of the Hittites, four hundred standard shekels of silver. So Ephron's field at Machpelah near Mamre, the field with its cave and all the trees anywhere within the boundaries of the field, became Abraham's possession in the sight of all the Hittites who came to the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried his wife Sarah in the cave of the field at Machpelah near Mamre, that is, Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field with its cave passed from the Hittites to Abraham as burial property. Abraham was now old, getting on in years, and the Lord had blessed him in everything. Abraham said to his servant, the elder of his household who managed all he owned, Place your hand under my thigh, and I will have you swear by the Lord, God of heaven and God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live, but will go back to the land, to my land, to my family, to take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Suppose the woman is unwilling to follow me to this land. 
Should I have your son go back to the land you came from? Abraham answered him, Make sure that you don't take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from my native land, who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, I will give this land to your offspring, he will send his angel before you, and you can take a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to follow you, then you are free from this oath to me. But don't let my son go back there. So the servant placed his hand under his master Abraham's thigh and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. The servant took ten of his master's camels, and with all kinds of his master's goods in hand, he went to Aram Naharaim, to Nahor's town, and at evening, the time when women went out to draw water, he made the camels kneel beside the well outside of town. Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed, make this happen for me today and show kindness to my master Abraham. I am standing here at the spring where the daughters of the men of the town are coming out to draw water. Let the girl to whom I say, Please lower your water jug so that I may drink, and who responds, Drink, and I'll water your camels also. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he was finished speaking, there was Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's son Nahor, coming with a jug on her shoulder. Now the girl was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had been intimate with her. She went to the spring, filled her jug, and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, let me have a little water from your jug. And she replied, Drink, my lord. She quickly lowered her jug to her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I'll also draw water for your camels until they've had enough to drink. She quickly emptied her jug into the trough and hurried to the well again to draw water. She drew water for all his camels while the man silently watched her to see whether or not the Lord had made his journey a success. As the camels finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing half a shekel and for her two wrists, bracelets weighing ten shekels of gold. Whose daughter are you? he asked. Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She answered him, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She also said to him, We have plenty of straw and feed and a place to spend this night. Then the man knelt low, worshipped the Lord, and said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not withheld his kindness and faithfulness from my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. The girl ran and told her mother's household all these things. Now Rebekah had a brother named Laban, and Laban ran out to the man at the spring. As soon as he had seen the ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and when he had heard his sister Rebekah's words, when she said, The man said this to me, he went to the man. He was standing there by the camels at the spring. And Laban said, Come, you who are blessed by the Lord. Why are you standing out here? I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man came to the house, and the camels were unloaded. Straw and feed were given to the camels, and water was brought to wash his feet and the feet of the men with him. A meal was set before him, but he said, I will not eat until I have said what I have to say. 
So Laban said, Please, speak. I am Abraham's servant, he said. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become rich. He has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male and female slaves, and camels and donkeys. Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master in her old age, and he has given him everything he owns. My master put me under this oath. You will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but will go to my father's family and to my clan to take a wife for my son. But I said to my master, Suppose the woman will not come back with me. He said to me, The Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and make your journey a success, and you will take a wife for my son from my clan and from my father's family. Then you will be free from my oath if you go to my family, and they do not give her to you. You will be free from my oath. Today when I came to the spring, I prayed, Lord, God of my master Abraham, if only you will make my journey successful. I am standing here at a spring. Let the young woman who comes out to draw water, and I say to her, Please, let me drink a little water from your jug, and who responds to me, saying, Drink, and I'll draw water for your camels also. Let her be the woman the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished praying silently, there was Rebekah coming with her jug on her shoulder, and she went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, Please, let me have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I'll water your camels also. So I drank, and she also watered the camels. And then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? She responded, The daughter of Bethuel, son of Nahor, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists, and then... I knelt low and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who guided me on the right way to take the granddaughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you are going to show kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me. If not, tell me, and I will go elsewhere. Laban and Bethuel answered, It is from the Lord. We have no choice in this matter. Rebekah is here in front of you. Take her and go, and let her be a wife for your master's son, just as the Lord has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed to the ground before the Lord. And then he brought out objects of silver and gold, and garments, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious gifts to her brother and her mother. And then he and the men with him ate and drank and spent the night. When they got up in the morning, he said, Send me to my master. But her brother and mother said, Well, let the girl stay here with us for ten days. Then she can go. But he responded to them, Do not delay me, since the Lord has made my journey a success. Send me away so that I can go to my master. So they said, Let's call the girl and ask her opinion. They called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? She replied, I will go. So they sent away their sister Rebekah with the one who had nursed and raised her, and Abraham's servant and his men. They blessed Rebekah, saying to her, Our sister, may you become thousands upon ten thousands. May your offspring possess the city gates of their enemies. Then Rebekah and her female servants got up, mounted the camels, and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and left. Now Isaac was returning from Be'er Lahawi Roy, for he was living in the Negev region. In the early evening, Isaac went out for a walk in the field, and looking up, he saw camels coming. Rebekah looked up, 
And when she saw Isaac, she got down from her camel and asked, Who is that man in the field coming to meet us? The servant answered, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself, and then the servant told Isaac everything he had done. And Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah and took Rebekah to be his wife. Isaac loved her, and he was comforted after his mother's death. And that gets us up through chapter 24. I love that story, uh, in part because here is... I mean, we, I don't know where the servant was at, but in that era, here is... Abraham's servant who respects God in part or maybe entirely because he has seen God work in Abraham's life. So at one point, uh, this or at one level, this story marks a transition, a big transition from Abraham to Isaac, after which all that must follow is, of course, Abraham's death. We'll hear about that tomorrow. At another level, it tells us of the continuity of God's kindness toward Abraham and his descendants. And maybe at another level, it functions as part of, uh, as a sort of obituary, right? Note the comments by the servant throughout the passage that speak about Abraham and Sarah and their relationship with God. It's just, I don't know, it's just touching. I love it. Well, my friends, today we're going to close up with a short little psalm for our wisdom segment. And this one is Psalm 4. It's a night prayer. The superscription is for the choir director with stringed instruments, a psalm of David. Answer me when I call, God who vindicates me. You freed me from affliction. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. How long, exalted ones, will my honor be insulted? How long will you love what is worthless and pursue a lie? Selah. Know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. The Lord will hear him when I call to him. Be angry and do not sin. Reflect in your heart while on your bed and be silent. Selah. Offer sacrifices in righteousness and trust the Lord. Many are asking, who can show us anything good? Let the light of your face shine on us, Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and new wine abound. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, Lord, make me live in safety. I just got to tell you, my friends, we're just going to go to the Lord in prayer in part because I, he just answered a prayer for me just literally in the last couple hours. And I'm not going to go into the details, but it's amazing when you pray and like less than an hour later, the Lord has answered your prayer. So Lord God, I just pray for each and every person listening right here, Lord, that we would just again develop that sense of trust. Lord, no matter what's coming at us, no matter what's going on with us, Lord, somebody here is struggling with a family member. Somebody else is struggling with injustice. Somebody else is struggling with the, something going on at work. And Lord, you didn't promise a trouble-free life. 
But you did promise us, Lord, that our hearts could move in the direction of being trouble-free when we just cast our cares on you. And as the psalmist just wrote, well, 2,000 years ago, (laughs) 3,000 years ago, you have put more joy in my heart, Lord, than all these other people, these sinners, these enemies who are attacking me have, even on their best days. And I will both lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, Lord. Make me live in safety, Lord, I pray. Whether it's safety physically or that you will just protect our spirits from the enemy's attack. We pray, Lord, that you would be glorified in all of it and we would know exactly where it came from. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.